Girl, I'm so glad you're here. I know you're crazy busy. So before we get started, I want to give you a gift. It's my new guide called, wait for it, five steps to simplify your focus in five minutes. Now you may need this if you've ever felt like you're being pulled in too many directions. So you do a little of this, then a little of that, and you get whiplash from trying to do all the things that seem to all matter all at the same time, your faith, your relationships, your work or business, your household, and who even has time for fun anymore. Anyway, instead of throwing your hands up in exhaustion and opting for scrolling or binging, let's be honest, who hasn't been there? Set a timer for five minutes, open up this guide and go through these five simple steps. And I promise you'll know exactly where to put your focus right now. So you don't waste your time on less important things. Sound amazing. I know you're here to make an impact for him. So let's redeem your time. My friend head over to lissafiggins.com forward slash five, and I'll whisk it off to your inbox ASAP. And if you're not multitasking, cause who doesn't, I'll drop the link in the show notes for you. Hey girl, I see you. You long to live fully present to redeem your time as a faith led woman, but you feel yourself pulled in so many directions. You're spread way too thin more often than not. And you find that life hits you from all sides, keeping you busy beyond belief, double-minded and distracted. You are not alone. Welcome to the redeem her time podcast. You know that God has a bigger purpose for you than just juggling all the things yet. You can't seem to pause the noise long enough to discover what that is. So you just keep doing more thinking you're not doing enough or that you're not enough, but somewhere inside you hear that quiet voice whisper. That's not the life he intends for you. True that. Hey friend, I'm Lissa fellow sister in Christ, wife, empty nester, and recovering to-do list girl. After trying to keep all the balls in the air for too long, I was exhausted, but I finally let go of doing all the things. And that's when God showed me how to redeem my time for him. Warning, his plans are always better than ours. Imagine redefining your God-given purpose to focus on what matters most in your stage of life, realigning your schedule to create space to invest where it counts and redeeming how you live each day to make a bigger impact for eternity. And maybe you're doing it all in your favorite holy jeans and Jesus saves graphic tea. This is the podcast for you, my friend. Grab a cup of joe, brew yourself some tea, or mix up a fizzy. And be sure to grab your journal or your notes app because we're going to get to work. I pray this both blesses and challenges you. Are you ready? Hey girl, how you been since we last talked? In what ways are you being more present with your purpose, people, and passions like Jesus? Go back and listen to last week's episode where we talked about being more present. But remember, this is not about perfection. It's about progression. So don't focus on how far you are from where you want to be, but on taking one step closer, then another and another. And before you know it, you'll look around and say, I am definitely more present. Because let's be honest, no one really wants to be busy, frazzled, hectic. What we really long for is rest, peace, and a slower pace of life, right? That happens by being intentional, having a plan, and making one choice at a time. And just so you know, I'm on this journey too. I may be further down the road, but being more present is something I continually need to work on. But I'll tell you, it gets easier the longer you stick with it. Maybe you're making progress too. Or maybe you're listening and thinking to yourself, that's great in theory, Lissa, but I just have one problem. I don't have the time. How can I read your mind? Because I thought those things once too. 
And recently God laid it on my heart to remind you that you do have all the time you need to do what he has called you to do. That's what redeeming her time is all about. And so from this episode on, if you stay till the end, and I pray you do, because I'm going to bless you there too, you'll hear me remind you of that truth every single time. Because the only way we change our habitual pattern of thinking is either an emotional impact, think 9-11, sudden diagnosis, accident, or constant repetition. I'll take the latter because it's way less painful. So why is it that we think we don't have time? There's just one answer to that question for most of us, our to-do list. Maybe you swore those off years ago, and now you spend your day running around from one fire to the next with your own hair on fire, dropping lots of balls and losing yourself. Or maybe you're like I was. I was that girl who had lists, lists that I constantly carried with me. In fact, I had lists of my lists, and I was constantly writing and rewriting the same list of things, transferring what didn't get done to the next day and adding more to it, which all led to my to-do list following me around, weighing me down, dictating my day. My to-do list was robbing me of my purpose, my peace, and my presence for sure. I even wrote things on my list that I'd already done just so I could have the satisfaction of crossing or checking it off. What? I was addicted. It was not uncommon for my family to be sitting around enjoying one another's company while mom was running around because who has time for fun when there's so many things to get done? I was often resentful that they got to relax and I didn't. I mean, really, people, why is no one helping me? Which makes me think of the story in the Bible of the two sisters, Mary and Martha in Luke 10. Are you familiar with it? They had just opened their home to feed Jesus and his disciples. Martha was the one running around getting all the preparations done to host a large group for a meal while Mary is simply sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his words. While Mary soaks in the moment with Jesus, Martha can't think past the cooking and the cleaning. Does that remind you of our conversation last week about presents on episode 91? Yep, me too. But let's cut her some slack. I mean, it's not like she can quick hop on Instacart and have an order show up at her door, or order DoorDash, or even go to the deep freeze in the back to pull out some already prepared foods. She lives in a time when you did it all yourself. Is anyone else thankful that we live in the 20th century? Martha is understandably frustrated. I know, because I was totally her. Finally, after all the huffing and stomping and sighing did not work to get her sister's attention enough to come help her, she decides to speak up. To complain, actually. Not to her brother Lazarus, the one who most likely owns the house, but to Jesus, the guest. You can feel the sarcasm and bitterness and tension in Martha's voice. Lord, Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work myself? And just in case there's any question about the obvious answer, the only solution, she adds, tell her to help me. Wow. (laughs) Does she realize she's telling the son of God what to do? Except I think I might've done that a time or two. Okay. Probably way more than that. But Jesus' response is not harsh or judgmental or condescending. Martha, Martha, you are worried and concerned about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, not only do the tasks still need to be done, and there's no extra help coming to the kitchen, Jesus just told her that all she was doing wasn't even necessary. Now, it's not that he and his disciples weren't thirsty and hungry, and there was no drive through down the road. It was that Martha was missing the point, because Jesus would not always be with her. We don't know how that tense moment ended. Did Martha turn away in a huff and rush back to the kitchen to keep working? Did she stop what she was doing and come sit by her sister Mary? I'm hoping she chose the latter. But it is interesting that just a few chapters later, 
when her brother has died and Jesus didn't come right away, Martha is the one with the faith who runs to Jesus, while Mary is the one sitting at home in her grief. Regardless of whether or not her heart changed in that moment over the dinner preparations, it undoubtedly changed in the time between then and when Jesus raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. Back to the issue at hand, when Martha was running around with her to-do list barking orders, she was missing the point. Because if you remember back to episode 87, busy is not one of those things that God wants for you. Neither does he want distraction to mark your life. Go back and listen to that one too. What he does want is us to be present, like we talked about last week on episode 91. So if you're still hanging on to busy and wearing it like a badge of honor as you proudly hold up your lengthy to-do list with all the check marks, I encourage you to meditate on Matthew 11, 28 through 30, which says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, i.e. burdened by your to-do list, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. <sighs> for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, the work I have for you is not as heavy as your to-do list. And as I look back at where I was, really, I was the one that was missing the point like too, like Martha. Now it's comical to see how ridiculous it was that I could not see past my to-do list when my family was sitting there, enjoying one another's company, which we all know does not last forever. But I couldn't see what was truly important and needed. Looking back now, it's sad actually, because those lists wasted a lot of time, energy, resources, and joy. And I couldn't see past them because I was compelled to check those boxes. As we hang out and you get to know me, you'll see I'm a super consistent girl and I do what I say. But your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness, right? So thankfully, I'm not that girl anymore, or at least not very often, because I use these three steps I'm going to share with you today to detox from to-do lists and identify what is needing, needed in the moment and choose that instead. And if you haven't read the book, Having a Merry Heart in a Martha World by Joanna Weaver, I highly recommend it. In fact, it may go on our Redeem Her Time community book club list. So come join us and walk this path with us. But before we get into the how to detox from your to-do list, let's address the why to. Sound good? Because right now you may be thinking, Lissa, don't all the time management gurus say to make a to-do list so you don't drop any balls? Yes, and I used to be one of them. But my to-do list is no longer a must-do, and it's made all the difference. And it will for you too. Now, don't get me wrong, those lists are helpful ways to collect all your best ideas and intentions that otherwise would get lost in the shuffle of all the thoughts racing in and out of your mind all day long. But once written in a to-do list format, it turns into the tyranny of the trivial, the unimportant, the unnecessary. A list of things you now feel obligated to do just because they're on the list. Please tell me I'm not alone. (laughs) Have you been there too? That's why so many of us have a love-hate relationship with our to-do list. That piece of paper or a digital format, now is what sets your priorities for the day, the week, the month. And have you ever noticed where you tend to start? At the top, of course. But here's the problem with lists like this. Just because it's the first thing you thought you needed to do doesn't mean it's the most important and the first thing that should get done. I wish I had known that years ago. Think about how much time I would have saved and not wasted. Speaking of book club, We're currently reading The One Thing by Gary Keller, and we recently had a discussion of chapter four, which addresses the lie that everything matters equally. Here's what the author says on page 34. Tackling these tasks in the order we receive them is behaving as if the squeaky wheel immediately deserves the grease. But as Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke duly noted, 
the things which are most important don't always scream the loudest. Would you agree or disagree? We'll talk about that over inside the Redeem Her Time community, so I'll remind you how to join us before we go. But what came out of our conversation that day is that when you really think about it, our to-do lists are just survival lists. How we'll get through our day, our week, our month. They're not really moving you toward the life you desire and the one that God desires for you in the seven key areas of your life. Your faith, family, friends, field, finances, fitness, and fun. Because most likely, they're set by other people or the culture's priorities. But Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, which is our guiding passage for Redeem Her Time, tells us to be careful how we live, not as unwise, but as wise. Unwise doers do things just to do things. That's not making the best use of our time here on earth for kingdom purposes. But wise doers, they do the things that are essential. And according to Gary Keller, pause just long enough to decide what matters and then allow what matters to drive their day. They do sooner what others plan to do later, perhaps indefinitely. They always work from a clear sense of priority. So if you're fed up with to-do lists and don't want to be like Martha and miss out on what truly matters, get your paper ready because I'm going to give you three steps to detox from your to-do list like I did. I promise, no matter how long you've had a list, how long it is, or even if you can't seem to find it at a moment's notice, it is possible to no longer be addicted to them and not let it dictate what you do. Do you want that freedom too? Good. Let's get to it, girl. Number one, narrow down your list. So if you have a list right now, grab it out. And if you don't, I want you to push pause and brain dump all the things that are swimming around in your head right now that you think you should do. Do not number the items, just capture them on paper. I know, I know, you probably thought we were going to burn or shred our list today. So why am I having you focus on finding or making a list? Because I'm going to show you what to do with it so it's not a to-do list. When you have your list in hand, come back to me. I'll wait here as long as you need. You back? Good. Okay, so now look at your list. Is it a to-do list or a success list? In his book, Gary Keller explains the difference. To-do lists tend to be long. Success lists are short. One pulls you in all directions. The other aims you in a specific direction. One is a disorganized directory and the other is an organized directives. If your to-do list contains everything, or as I like to say, all the things, then it's probably taking you everywhere but where you really want to go. So what's a girl to do with this list sitting in front of her if she's all she's ever known is to-do lists? I'm so glad you asked. It's time to narrow it down to only what matters in moving you towards what you and God together want for your life right now. And there are two ways I teach to do it. Better yet, you can use these techniques together and get the best results. You may have heard me talk about the four D's to simplify on the podcast before. So start staring at a long list is the perfect time to clear some things out. Ready to take notes? The first D is delete. What things do not need to be done at all? What things will not throw the world off its axis if it doesn't happen? Right now we're in the holiday season, so one example may be Christmas cards. Don't judge me. I just remember how much pressure I felt to have the perfect family photo shoot, print the cards, write the letters, address the envelopes, add the stamps, get to the post office. I will say that was all pre-Facebook days when you really only got one good chance a year to update everyone. So there was more of a need. But as I look at where I am in life now, it really doesn't need to happen. And no judgment to those of you who do faithfully send them. Deleting that one task has freed up hours in my time leading up to Christmas that I can focus other places. The second D is delegate. What things do you, what things do need to be done, but you're not the only one who can do them. My two favorite examples of as of late are Instacart and a cleaning lady. 
Delegating my shopping to someone who's already at the store and will walk it out to my car has not only saved me hours each week, but it's also saved me from those impulse purchases that somehow always find their way into your cart. Who knew that Aldi had so many special purchases? So delegating can be finding an app or a system to help automate the task. But sometimes you actually hire someone to do the task for you, like my good friend who cleans houses. Having her come just once a month to keep up with the deeper cleaning has taken away the guilty feeling when I see dust bunnies under the dresser or paw prints in the woodwork. And her doing that work for me frees me up to invest my time in things that only I can do. I am happy to pay her, and then some. The third D is delay. This one is very timely during the holiday season because things may matter, but they may not matter as much as something else right now. So what things can wait till a later date? Now, I always make a disclaimer here. This is not the same as procrastinating. That's just pushing things off because you don't feel like doing them. This is intentionally taking the task off your list for now and putting it in a time block where you can address it and give it the attention it needs later, thus allowing you to focus your attention now on what matters in this season. Does that make sense? So when it comes to the holidays, perhaps you want to catch up on your daughter's scrapbook, but you have decorating, gift shopping, and volunteering to do this month, so you put a reminder on your calendar or phone to work on her scrapbook on a specific day after Christmas. I love that week between Christmas and New Year's to focus on projects like that when the main holiday rushes over, but you haven't rushed back into full, full on routines. The goal is that ultimately only the fourth D is left on your list. What you delight in, what things bring you joy, what things bear fruit towards your goals, what things are life-giving and energizing, leave those there. An extra credit opportunity, push pause now and apply the four D's to your long list and see what excess you can remove. Then we'll come back and talk about how to narrow it down even more. So, Is your list getting shorter and more focused? Good. Now we're gonna narrow it down even more. Have you heard of the 80-20 principle? 80% of your results come from 20% of your work. So why are you still doing all the things? Even Even if it feels like everything on your current list needs to stay there, even after applying all the four Ds, I'm gonna challenge you to identify the 20% of it that will move the needle the most. So if your list has 25 items on it, circle or star the top five. And ready to take it down another level or actually take it up a level? Identify 20% of the 20%. Yep, that would take your five down to just one. What's the one thing I can do now that would make everything else easier, unnecessary, or better? That's from the book, The One Thing. Now you can't complain about having too long of a list. You just have one thing to focus on. How does that feel? It should feel freeing. And I guarantee that if you give that one thing your best time and attention, you will see results that will take you in the direction that you want to go. And you won't feel like you're trying to juggle all the balls. But I also know if you're like I was, you might be feeling a little scared right now of letting all the other things on your to-do list go. So let's jump into number two for what to do about those. I got you, girl. Do you trust me? Good. I hope so. Number two, create repeated routines. If you look at that original list, the one filled with all the things, you will notice many of them go together and are on repeat. So why stress yourself out writing the same thing down day after day, week after week, month after month? Some tasks you already do on autopilot without your without your list, like brushing your teeth, letting the dog out, making your coffee, right? Imagine how much longer your list would be if you literally wrote down everything you needed to do in your day, week, or month. Does that sound ridiculous? Yes, because you already made those a routine, right? So guess what? You can do the same thing for all those repeated tasks you keep writing on your list over and over, or the ones you keep forgetting that lead to more stress. Doesn't that sound better? Instead of going back to the overwhelming to-do list, let's create routines where you group like tasks and put them in your schedule on repeat. 
I'm going to be diving deeper on how to do this in an upcoming episode. So for today, let's just go give you an overview. The first step is look at your list. What goes together? Meal planning and prep, bills, banking, and tax receipts, holiday greetings and gift giving. Use a highlighter, colored pencil, or marker to mark like tasks in the same color so you can see them in clusters. Once you've identified a cluster, take for example food, list out the three to five tasks that need to be done in that category, like create a menu, make a shopping list, shop, and then prep food. Once you have a sequence or a flow of action steps, think about how often that three to five steps needs to happen. Is it daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly? Once you determine how often, it's time to pull out your calendar or reminders and block the time ahead for that routine. For example, I use Saturdays for my food routine. I take stock of what's left in my cabinets, make my menu, make a list, pick up, put away, and prep. And then I'm not running to the grocery store every day. It's just once a week. That cuts down on those craving items going in your cart when you just stop in for one or two items so it saves you time, money, and added weight. And I don't have to think about it any other day of the week because it's part of my weekly routine. I do the same thing for laundry, so I'm not constantly in that cycle which stresses me out and stressed me out at least back in the day. And then number three is the key to making sure it doesn't get forgotten. Number three is establish those time boundaries. Remember that lengthy to-do list you once clung to, intending to get to the bottom of but never succeeding? The reason all those tasks never made it off the list is because they never got assigned to a time. If it's not scheduled, it doesn't happen. Everything takes time to do, so assign it to a time block spot in your calendar. I can't wait to reveal my scheduling process coming soon, so stick around. But first, evaluate how much time it will take. If you're multitasking right now, come back to me. Here's the thing. When you try to do more than one thing at once, it always takes you longer than it should. So how long would that task or routine flow really take if you really gave it your full attention? Time always fills itself, and there's a law of nature that a task will take the time you give it. So if you give it two days, two weeks, two months, two years, it will take that long. So how long will it really take? You may be surprised how much you can accomplish in a 25-minute time block if you turn off and tune out all distractions. Which reminds me, have you heard of the Pomodoro method? This guy had a tomato timer, so I guess Pomodoro means tomato in Italian, hence the name, and he used it to time block his focus for 25 minutes. The method's really simple. Choose one task to focus on, set a timer for 25 minutes. No, you don't have to go buy a tomato kitchen timer. Your phone or focus on focus mode will work just fine. And then do that one task till the timer goes off or till you finish it, whichever comes first. Then take a five minute break. And this is key. You need to do three things in your break. One, move your body. Two, hydrate, ideally water or fizz. And three, look off into the distance or get outside. Because since most of our focus time is on something right in front of us, AKA a screen, looking into the distance helps reset your brain. Then you can either reset the timer for another 25 minute focus block on the same task or on a new one, or go play with your kids or go for a walk or do whatever you assign to the next time block. Here's the thing. When I used to let my to-do list rule my day, my day was never done because there was always things on my to-do list. But when I started putting healthy boundaries around my time, when the time I gave it was done and I had given it my best attention, I was done. And if the task wasn't, I just moved it to the next time block where I was committed to focusing on it. That gave me so much wasted time back to be present with the people and things that mattered most in the moment. And I promise if you do this, you'll feel so much better and everyone around you will thank you for it because they actually get you. And just for fun, I'll throw in a bonus for you today. Are you ready? Plan a power hour or half hour once a day or once a week or once a month to catch all the to-dos that pop up that are not part of your one thing 
your routine flows or assigned to a time block because we all know life happens and suddenly something or someone needs your attention, right? So if you have a spot to catch a miscellaneous task, you don't need to know that you didn't know we're coming. Then you won't knock you off track. Doesn't that sound freeing? You might want to create a short to-do list. You don't forget those. Don't worry. If you use these three techniques, it won't morph back into your longer than your arm list. And the best, the better you get at focusing where it matters, creating new routine flows and putting time boundaries around tasks, the less random things you'll have come up. But when you do, you'll be ready. Ah, are you starting to see the relief you'll experience when you detox from your to-do list too? When you take his yoke and learn from him, you experience rest and a lightness and easiness about your life. Remember, you don't have to do it all today. Just pick one of the strategies we talked about and implement it. Then you can add another and another. And I'd love to hear how much more time you get back in your day, your week and month, and learn how much more present you are in the moment with the people and things that matter most. So let's do a quick review. One, narrow day your list down to the 20% that matters, and ideally the one thing that will make the biggest difference. Two, create repeated routine flows to collect life tasks together and get them off your to-do list. Three, establish time boundaries by assigning tasks or routine flows to a time block and giving it your full focus. So which one will you start with today? I'd love to hear. So send me a message at lissa at lissafiggins.com. Better yet, come join us inside the Redeem Her Time community, where we're committed to laying down the burden of our to-do lists and using our time for who and what matters most in light of knowing our God-given purpose. Before we go, may I pray for you? Okay, thanks. Dear Lord, thank you for this precious woman who has listened to the podcast today. You know how crazy her life gets and how overwhelmed she feels trying to do all the things that are expected of her. Right now, no matter how long her to-do list is, fill her with your peace. Give her discernment to decide what matters and what doesn't, and give her the discipline to make changes in how she uses the time you have given her to live out the purpose that you've given her. Remind her that she is not alone. You are with her and she has sisters in Christ who are here to hold her up when she gets weary. May we live wisely and redeem our time for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's continue talking about this over in the Redeem Her Time community. Like I said, that's our exclusive community off social where we can encourage, challenge, and come alongside one another distraction-free around topics like we've talked about today. You can join us at lissafiggins.com forward slash join. And once you're in, you can access the community online or via an app to make it even easier. Inside the community, we have live calls, exclusive content, and so many resources to help you create lasting change. It's the place to be if you want to take the next step to redeem your time. So let's meet up over there. Just go to lissafiggins.com forward slash join. Thanks for joining me on this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need to do all that he has called you to. Focus on who and what matters most to redeem your time, because you are here for such a time as this. Hey friend, before you go, were you touched by this episode? I pray it blessed you, challenged you, or grew you in a way that moves you to take action in your life. So what was the one thing that God laid on your heart today? I'd love to hear. So I'll drop a link in the show notes for where to share while it's top of mind. If this podcast added value for you before the crazy busy world creeps back in, would you share this episode with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough? And it would mean the world to me if you, while you're here, you take a quick minute to leave a review on the platform where you're listening. That way, I know if you're liking the show. Plus, it just makes my heart smile. And before we go, I want to remind you, go grab your free guide to simplify your focus in five minutes for those times when you feel like you're going in a million directions, but not getting anywhere. 
tell me where to send it at lissafiggins.com forward slash five. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because these are difficult days. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. I'll see you next week, friend. God bless.